and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Okay, so on today's show, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is our intuition. And our guest today is Teresa Chung, and she was born into a family of psychics and spiritualists. Since leaving King's College, Cambridge, with a master's in theology and English, she has written numerous best-selling mind-body-spirit books, including two Sunday Times top 10 bestsellers. She has sold over half a million books, and her titles have been translated into over 30 different languages and have become international bestsellers. The book that we are going to be talking about today that I had a chance to read is 21 Rituals to Ignite Your Intuition. And it's great. So I'm really excited. Um, And let's see here. She has also written features for personal growth and spiritual development for magazines and national newspapers. And her media appearance include an interview about spirituality with Piers Morgan on GMTV and Russell Brand on his Under the Skin podcast. She works closely with scientists studying consciousness and recently collaborated with neuroscientist Dr. Julia Mossbridge from the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And that book is called the premonition code. So we are also going to try to talk about that if we can fit all of this uh, great stuff in. So I would like to welcome Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Hello, and thank you very much for having me. Yes, thank you. I love this topic of intuition because I remember when I was in my probably teenage years and could really begin to understand what uh, premonition and intuition is like and uh, having dreams and things really happening after I have these dreams. I was just like, whoa, what is this? It just seemed like a whole new world to me. So I have a passion for talking about intuition and uh, was hoping maybe you can start off to let us know maybe how you found your intuition and how you are now teaching this and uh, bringing these rituals to others. Well, my intuition has been there all my life, as it is with anyone, but I never realized what it was um, and how to tune into it. And that's been my life's journey to, first of all, recognize it when it's speaking, how to tune into it and how to understand it. And of course, in many ways, connecting with your intuition is connecting with who you really are, understanding yourself. So it's a journey of personal transformation and growth as well. But it's taken me a lifetime to get there. Um, And I, I chart that in both these books. I mean, the books that you mentioned first, 21 Rituals to Ignite Your Intuition, is more for for um, the general reader. It's a very accessible, simple way. Twenty one rituals, things you can do to to tune into that inner voice, the, the inner voice that kind of knows what's right for you, but which we 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 block. We don't. We often ignore or don't notice because it's such a gentle, tiny voice sometimes. And how to tune into that. Um, whereas the premonition code is much more the hardcore science behind it, where, I, where as you say, I collaborated with a, with a neuroscientist, the amazing Dr. Julia Mossbridge, to look at the real science behind it and things that you can do scientifically to tune into your intuition. Um, and they're basically, I would say, the 21 Rituals book is almost like the idiot's guide to the, <laughs> to the, to the premonition code. Um, or do you have the dummies? Is it dummy book guides books you have in, in the States? I don't know. It's dummies or idiots, but it's a simpler version without the scientific jargon. Yeah. Or the scientific 
studies and research. That's the Prem Code. But I realize that that, that, that book is quite tough read um, because you'll learn basically everything you want to know about precognition research as it is now by scientists. Um, whereas the 21 Rituals to Ignite Your Intuition draws on that research but doesn't heavily reference it in the same way. Yeah, there's definitely a big difference between kind of a, I would say, a reader-friendly book and then one that delves really deep into science. You, it's yes, yes. a little bit harder to go through. <laughs> you kind of have to sit with it and reflect a little tough. bit more. But it's funny because people, you know, just challenging to understand it. it. It's like a mental workout. And I do encourage everyone to read it because it's lovely to be challenged. And that book really challenges the readers to think about everything that they've ever thought about time, themselves, the past, present and future, intuition, dreaming in a totally radical new way. And um, we have a, a brilliant website accompanying it, www.thepremonitioncode.com, where free of charge, because it's a scientific experiment, you can go in there and test your precognition scientifically. Um, so I, I do I urge people, if you want to challenge and you want to sort of wake your mind up, that the premonition code. <laughs> awesome. Great. I'm excited to check that out. <laughs> I would say one of the things in the 21 rituals to ignite your intuition that really um, grabbed me was right in the very beginning when you talk about the science of ritual and why ritual is so important. And um, you had mentioned in there that scientists from the University of California have mm -hmm. shown that your brain is led more by your actions than your thoughts. And I bet you the majority of people are thinking it is just the opposite, that it is our know, thoughts <laughs> than I, our actions. The way to get people's attention sometimes is to be a little controversial and come with a different point of view. And of course, I've had my criticism because we live in the time where, you know, books like The Secret, The Power of the Mind, Positive Thinking, you know, your thoughts, I think, therefore, I am all that. I'm aware of that. I, I grew up in that movement and I have tried the affirmations. I have tried the you can heal your life with your thoughts, etc. visualizations. And yes, it has been extremely effective. It has helped me. If you don't believe you can do something, the chances of it happening are very unlikely. However, <laughs> there have also been times in my life when I have been relentlessly po positive, like Pollyanna almost, <laughs> always believing the best. And it's still all go gone wrong. And in the past, I used to go back and think, well, I didn't believe in it enough. I didn't think there must be something wrong with my thoughts. Some negativity crept in there and I kept beating myself up. And then I stumbled across this research, which is looking at how our actions actually impact the way we think and, and our success in life. And it was almost like a light bulb went off um, that maybe I'd been focusing way too much in the world of thought, visualization and affirmation and not enough on actually getting out there and doing it. Um, and as I say in the book, we've all met people who are all talk who say, yes, I'll deliver this tomorrow, or yes, I'm going to do this, and then they don't. And I think that a lot of us in the positive thinking movement are doing all our positive thinking exercises, et cetera, and thinking and willing it, but we're not following it up with action. So therefore, we become someone who's all talk and no action. And my mantra in these ritual books and my books about intuition is the universe is only going to support you if you show by your actions that you are that you mean business and that you're viable and i can only compare it when you go for a run or a brisk walk 
sometimes you can be thinking very negatively when you're doing that. But by the end of the walk, you're going to feel slightly better because of the exercise and because of the action you've taken. It doesn't matter almost what you're thinking when you're walking. The action of walking is going to improve your mood. And that's what I think ritual is. It's an action. It's a positive action you can take. And the more positive actions you fill your day with, the more the better you're going to feel and the better your life is going to be. It just positive thinking all the time, it, it, it traps you in the world of possibility and in the world of thought. And if you want things to move and to shift forward in your life, you've got to start doing. And I think there's been way too much emphasis in the positive thinking movement, partly because of books like The Secret, which made a valid point, but not enough emphasis on the most important way to change your life is to do something about it. There's no, for example, if you want to lose weight, no point visualizing that you're going to be fit and slim. You've got to get out there and make healthy food choices and exercise. Actions for me right. are now the new mantra in positive thinking. Positive actions, they matter more to me than what a person is thinking. They definitely go hand in hand. And, you know, when I got to the third part of your book, um, you also said that research shows that positive thinking can be an intuitive roadblock. So how how are some of these mantras that we've been doing in positive thinking, how does that block our intuition? Well, I know for myself, I remember doing, honestly, I, I have lived and breathed the personal transformation movement. I've been writing books about it for for decades now and I, I grew up in a family of, 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 of you know mind body spirit was everything that was and and it blocks it because you think well I'm thinking positive and those thoughts are going to create an energy and they're going to go out in the universe and they're going to bring all this luck to me and it almost stops you because you think that the positive thinking is enough um, and you don't actually take the action I mean, I was like always visualizing I wanted to have a successful writing career, wanted it to happen. And I had limited success, but it wasn't until I actually took action and went out and made contacts and put my took risks, did things that I got the success that I'd hoped for all my life. Whereas the 10 years prior, when it had been more, I'd been sitting at my computer, hoping, dreaming, wishing, visualizing doing yoga poses, nothing really happened. Beyond, I probably felt a bit better, but that wasn't enough. You need to do. I think we've become um, a generation of people who are too locked in their heads and in their thoughts and not enough action. And you gave a good personal example of this in the book, too, where um, you were explaining how you've had all these positive thoughts of wanting to have a very <laughs> yeah. successful career. You had, you know, a fan uh, come to you that was pretty prominent um, that said that, you know, they read your book. They loved it. They wanted to help promote it around the world. And you were oh, thinking, yes. this is too good to be true. <laughs> and it's like a classic example of the intuition, like something not quite lining up. But, oh, my gosh, this must oh, be yes. my break. I must have manifested this right with all this positive positive thinking. So I was an idiot, actually idiot. This person <laughs> came into my life. It was a f super fan and they were very high profile. I can't mention any names. And they came into my life basically telling me I was the best thing ever. I changed their life and they were going to put me on this platform and put my books through that platform so the whole world would find out what I was writing about. And they fed me all this and it just went to my head and I thought, this is it. This is what I've attracted. But then 
for almost like one, two years, all I got was promise after promise after promise. And it was clear, everybody around me was saying, this isn't going anywhere. (laughs) But I didn't, I didn't want, I wanted to believe the dream. I wanted to believe somebody who was feeding me, telling me what I wanted to hear. Um, And it was a, it was a powerful wake up call that I suddenly it became I began to realize I, this is ridiculous nothing's happening this person is all talk and no action and that was another light bulb moment that person came into my life for a reason um because it taught me where I was going wrong also I was hoping that that other person would do for me what I needed to do myself I think we all are guilty of that that we're hoping that this this knight in shining armor or, or or woman in shining armor coming to, to rescue you and to tell you where you should be, um, you know, and especially as a writer, when you're a writer in the positive um, uh, movement, you, you tend to have a publisher and you expect your publisher to do that for you, to lay out the talks, to do, to, to, to set the path for you, promote you. And it became, I began to realize that, no, I have to do that. I have to be the one who goes out there and makes it happen. And it's such a simple thing. Um, And my intuition was telling me all through my life, this is what I needed to do. And each time I wasn't hearing it. In hindsight, I can see how my intuition was trying to reach out to me. Um, And it's only recently, I would say, in the last five years that I've actually started to really tune into my intuition. And that's what this whole, why I've been doing these books, working with scientists and writing books on my own about it now. Because I realized if I'd known all this a bit earlier, I might not have made quite so many mistakes. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for sharing that story. And um, I wanted to explain to the listeners, too, if they don't have the book in front of them, uh, what to expect if they decide to buy it or pick it up. Um, you have this book broken up into three parts, and you have 21 rituals. So you can actually do a ritual a day. Um, was that like kind of your hope for three weeks, about three weeks to really begin yeah. to change the habit pattern? Yes, it is. And there is a reason for three weeks. There was this study that showed 21 days is how long it takes to to change your brain in a way so that your behavior changes. Although that research now has has been disproven and they think it's probably a, a little bit longer. But 21 days kind of stuck in people's minds as a symbolic marker. And so that's why I say, please do this for 21 days because that just just tell your your conscious mind that you're going to do this for 21 days and then after the 21 days if you don't feel any better forget about it but if you do and I know you will because all these actions are so powerful continue because the conscious mind doesn't like being told do this for the rest of your life you have to bargain with it a bit you have to say let's just try this for two to three weeks and see and then we'll review again Um, because that's the way to to make positive change happen in your life too many people when they go on a program they think this is for life and the conscious mind it, the ego rebels doesn't right. want to be told i'm going to do anything forever um it has to be a constant negotiation and you and, and what you do is you do it for two to three weeks do these positive actions these positive rituals and just see how you feel at the end of two to three weeks and i can tell you the people who've done it after two to three weeks they have a perspective shift and they 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 see how doing things different in their life has changed, started to change their life for the better, and then they want to go on and carry on with this because they've got the proof. 
because we, you know when you start something you have no proof this this book's going to say well you're going to feel better if you do this how do you know you need to actually do it you need that personal experience exactly so that's why i say just do this for three weeks and then let's take stock and and, and I, my previous book 21 rituals to change your life which was, has been really successful it's gone into 14 languages now and it's you know, I'm, I'm, I had no idea when I wrote it that it would ha it would strike such a chord, and that's what led to this follow-up. Um, said the same thing. It was 21 rituals, which is about changing your life. But then, because of the success of the Prem Code, we wanted to do something which was more accessible because the Prem Code is so scientific. So we decided to do 21 rituals to boost your intuition. Yeah, and the rituals are very simplistic. They're easy. They're quick. It doesn't take a long time. And um, I, I wanted to pick out a couple of my favorite. And uh, the very first one that I loved and loved reading about uh, was ritual number five, to think back. And I don't remember where I heard this, but it was years ago. I thought it was something to help with memory, where they would say, before you go to sleep, begin to remember your day backwards, starting yes. from the very last thing that so you did. Hard, it? <laughs> it is. Um it's <laughs> mental, mental gymnastics. And the reason I do it is because intuition, precognition, all these things, they work. It does, it's, it's the realm of infinite possibility where nothing's linear and there is no past, present and future. Um, and it's basically to get your mind and your thoughts to think in a different way. And it, it's a real powerful wake up for your intuition. It, it taps into your intuition muscle. That's why I encourage people to do it. And, and the more successful you are at doing it, the easier it will to, you will find to access your intuition. And basically what I encourage people to do is to remember their day backwards. And the explanation that I loved about this was about the brain and how if you continue to do exercise exercises like this that are logic defying you said like yes. the brain the brain likes to go into a certain pattern so if you are doing something of just the opposite it's kind of training the brain to yeah. also be able to look at things in a different pattern and in a different way yeah your brain withers and dies when you're doing the same thing every day and because we have to we you know we all have lives where we got responsibilities, family, what work, where we get into a certain groove, a certain routine. And that actually is death for the brain. And the secret is it within that routine to find ways to creatively shake up your thought processes, because the more you do that, the more intuitive and creative you'll be. Um, but we all get very lazy with our thoughts and our behaviors. They're all all tend to follow a pattern every day because that's the way life is we have to we have to, we live in in the in the real world that's how you do but there are things you can do to keep your brain alive and active and, and making new connections and firing up your intuition and that's what that exercise encourages you to do and and you actually start feeling very proud of yourself when you do it successfully but it takes a long time because your brain will fight and will make you be rational and start at the beginning of your day rather than at the end of the day. Just simple thing. Remember your day backwards in a minute. You will find that the brain instantly wants to impose routine and order. Right. And I also um, was laughing, too. I have to ask you because you also gave another example of have you ever tried to read upside down? So I was <laughs> thinking, I'm like, OK, is my body upside down and the book is right side up or am I right side up and the book is upside down? But um, I have to try it. Fine. It's, it's challenging your brain. It's challenging. So you see new creative possibilities. Right. And that's where everything 
exciting new and different lies in, in the unknown, in, in triggering infinite possibilities that are out there. There's so much that our, we, we can think about and dream about. We, we don't take advantage of that. And your intuition just loves it when you go out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And let's talk about Ritual 6. That was also um, just kind of a nice validation for me, shower insights, because I do some of my best thinking, usually when I'm driving or in the shower. And you explained why these ideas mm. come to us in the shower. One, because we are in a natural state of ritual of, you know, yes. soaping you're our body. You're, right. You're, 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 there's action, like you're, you're washing yourself or you're driving, you're actually doing an action. So you're, that means your conscious mind is kept busy with that action. Yeah. And you're, you're almost like in a dream state, because that's what happens. You, you know, your conscious mind is, is, is going to sleep, is, is sleeping. Then that frees up your unconscious to do what it does best, which is to roam and make connections and, and guide you and inspire you. And that is why when you have a shower or a train journey and you, you, or, or driving, when suddenly, bing, an idea will come into your head. And it, that's why you're actually in a natural state of ritual without realizing it. Great. Yes. Thank you. I, I know it's like, I'm always like, Oh, that was a great thing. And, and you even said, bring a journal into the bathroom with you, because if you get those ideas, write them down right away, because they can, they yeah. can come in, they, they go as quick as they come. And the best thing is to sort of like consciously focus on these actions sort of in, in a half meditative way. You know, when you're washing yourself or you're driving, you know, keep keep focused on that. Don't force it. Don't say I'm going to be intuitive now, because as I explained <laughs> later in the book, when you try and force your intuition, it just runs a mile. It doesn't. It's like like a, a butterfly. If you if you try to clap your hand over it, you'll crush it. You have to let it come to you naturally. So you, it's difficult. You've got to be just not force it because it's not going to happen every time as well. Um, um, but more often than not, when you, you approach showering mindfully or driving mindfully or walking mindfully, that does the trick. Um, because then your conscious mind is, 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 um, taken care of. And in part two, the one that I really liked was ritual 12, wear different shoes. It's kind of <laughs> being able to create empathy, to connect with people, mm. um, to see yourself through somebody else's eyes. Oh, so I was hoping so you can, important. yeah, that's can so you talk about that empathy. ritual? Yeah. Well, that's so important to just <laughs> empathy, especially today, you know, with what's going on in the world, empathy, I fear empathy is becoming such a rare commodity I don't know what it is, whether, why, you know, so much time people spend online or whatever. You know, we, we live in a world now where empathy is so rare, becoming rarer and rarer, and it scares me. And the more rare empathy becomes, it, the price you pay is less intuition, less creativity, because empathy, putting yourself into another person's viewpoint, another person's world is where you can find great inspiration. And that ritual is all encouraging you to do that um, because it will fire up your intuition in a way you would not believe. Because you suddenly see something in another point of view. And too many of us these days are just locked in our own closed-minded, I'm right, you're wrong hmm. mindset. And um, that's the death of empathy and intuition that... I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and that's a lot, too, I think, of breaking down our ego, right? Me versus mm. you, as opposed mm. to a we. We are all connected. Right. Mm. We exactly. are all, all connected. We are all share the same beating heart. We all bleed the same. 
we are all one, but we live in a world now where increasingly it's them and us and it's frightening. Um, it really is. But that's another book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then, and let's talk about on uh, part three. It's actually the very last ritual. It's called Live and Die Another Day. And I just thought reading it, I really had to think myself, like, how uh, mindful am I when I lay down at night to go to sleep? And this ritual is beautiful. It really, like, just slows the process of going to sleep down a little bit. It puts you in your body. There's a breathing technique that you recommend. And then you put yourself to bed. So I would uh, love for you to share this ritual as well. Oh, it's it's. I, I it, it's inspired by the um, Para tribe where, you know, every night before they go to sleep, uh, that they don't actually sleep. That, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. They don't actually sleep. That the, the whole ritual is inspired by that tribe because they prefer to nap rather than sleep because they think if you go to a long eight-hour sleep, this is not recommended, by the way, for your health, but they believe that if you go for a long hours, hours, eight-hour sleep, you actually are no longer you when you wake up in the morning, that you've become a new person. And we all feel like that when we wake up, don't we, sometimes? That it's mm -hmm. a new day and that, you know, as the day goes, as the day, uh, throughout the day, we accumulate all these experiences and things and we're all fired up for the next day. Then we go to sleep and the next morning when we wake up, we almost feel a bit different. And that ritual is inspired by that idea that when you go to sleep, the person you were that day is dying and, and, and it's saying goodbye to that person that you were today because tomorrow you will be anew. You will be completely different. Um, and uh, that's how that, that ritual is, 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 was inspired. Um, and um, whenever I talk about it, people do get very moved because um, you don't think we, we're so casual about going to sleep. Right. But in a way, we're saying goodbye to the person. The person we are today is never, ever going to exist again. You know, we're, we're born anew. And that's that's where the inspiration for that ritual comes from. Yeah, I found um, that very interesting, too, about that. Um, is it a tribe? Did you refer to them as a tribe? Yes. Pirah. Yes. P-I-R-A-H. Yeah, absolutely well, beautiful. Yeah. And, and you know and what? They don't. Did they just they literally. And also, if they if they do sleep for eight hours, because sometimes obviously they get tired, they will call themselves a new name. Right. <laughs> and some of them like, would have hundreds of different names. So they have a new <laughs> name because that person they were yesterday has gone absolutely beautiful thought um and uh you know you can learn a lot from, from these tribes actually and what's interesting is that that tribe has very low incidence of depression and crime um and that's why researchers study them to see what are they doing that we can learn from um and there is no depression or crime um and maybe it's because of the way they they regard have such sacred reverence for every single day and I think there is something to that. I mean, I just um, got back from a training. Um, I was through a training with Sadhguru, who is a realized yogi and mystic. And one wow. of the things that he talks about um, with sleep, um, and he and he really teaches from the science of yoga. He actually says, uh, you know, in his talks that the body does not need sleep, but it needs rest. And You're right, because research has shown right. the body is active during sleep and the mind is active. So we sleep is a mystery. Why do we do it? Because we don't actually rest when we're asleep, though, because body is moving. 
people move in their sleep and and brains you know when they put electrodes to the brains so that we now know the brain is extremely active that's why we dream and and, and also hormones are released to you what we still don't know why we sleep fascinating isn't it and <laughs> scientists don't actually know why they know that it's good for us and we know we can't live without it but why do we why do we sleep because we, we haven't really solved that mystery just as much as we haven't solved the mystery of why we dream i mean my theory actually is i think we sleep to dream i think dreams are powerfully so important mm. i think that one of the reasons we sleep is to dream but that that's another another ritual <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of uh, his teaching, too, was also about like what you're putting into the body. If you're if you're utilizing the physical body in the right way, and you're putting the right food in, uh, not a ton of food either, because that takes a lot of energy to digest. And if you're resting, that you'll find that the body won't need uh, this level of sleep that we are taught we should get. You know, people get in a panic if they are sleeping less than six to eight hours. And yeah. when you really begin to understand the mechanism, of the physical body really makes you wonder sometimes what we're being taught. Is that really um, what we need? And he, you know, a lot of his teaching is similar to what you said about that tribe. He said, you know, you're here to be alive and you're yeah. spending half of your lifetime asleep, not experiencing life. So it makes sense to me when I read that, how they are looking at sleep as a death in a sort and that they yes. are waking up as a new person. It's like these two traditions, like coming together, these two teachings, just like I was like, oh, there it is again. Interesting. It is it, it is interesting. And again, the connection between science and spirit here, because the more I work with scientists, the more I realize how little actually they know and, and you know, how much spirituality brings answers that scientists are now beginning to embrace as well. Um, I'm learning so much. But what, but what I am learning is that how little we do know about why we're here why we do things, why we dream, why we sleep. It's, um, you know, this certainty that we're, we're sold on at school, that there are all these fixed things. And I especially found that with the PREM code. We don't know what time is. And there's experiments to show that time isn't linear. <laughs> we don't actually know what time is and how it works. And the studies in that book show that time, it is, theoretically, it is possible for the past to exist before the future, for past, present and future to, to be one. Um, and that's where science is at at the moment. And uh, the more they study time, the more they scratch their heads. They can't define what time is. Yeah, so this might be a nice turning point then to go into uh, the book that you have done with Dr. Julia Mossbridge, The Premonition Code. So I know it's probably loaded with a bunch of stuff, and but how do you begin to explain it and explaining, you know, what oh, science I, is proving? I, I, I mean, I hope you have Dr. Julia Mossbridge on here as well. I mean, she's terrific, but um, she's the science in the book. I'm the spirit, and it's a, a unique collaboration between the two. It has raised eyebrows in the science community because it's been reviewed in science journals, would you believe? Because it's Dr. Julia Mossbridge, and she's a neuroscientist. She wrote Transcendent Mind, which was the first book to be published by the American Psychological Association about transcendent states. And I'm, you know, Teresa Chung, and I've written all these big encyclopedias of the psychic world, et cetera, been writing about a long time. So it's a unique collaboration. 
between two worlds. So I said the scientific community raised eyebrows thinking, what is Julia Mossbridge doing with this woman who writes about afterlife <laughs> and angels and psychic animals? And in my readers as well have raised their eyebrows thinking, this is too scientific. scientific. What's Teresa doing with a scientist? So it's been hilarious, really, to see the two worlds trying to understand what we were doing. We understood it, and there are a lot of people who have got it. We're trying to show that science and spirit are so close and to show that we can walk hand in hand and we do come to the same conclusions. But anyway, the book really is... If, you, if you've seen that movie Minority Report, where there are precogs in a pool oh, who yeah, yeah. crime before it happens, mm -hmm. Dr Julia Mossbridge is the neuroscientist, and over here in the UK, actually, we have a publication called the daily mail it this book the prem code actually made the front page of the daily mail with this headline neuroscientist says you can see the future in your dreams <laughs> that was what we say in the book because she is the scientist who studies precognition and she believes that that's possible that it is possible that our dreams can offer us glimpses of the future if we know how to work with them and she studied um presentiment which is the body sensing the future where there's research showing that you have a raised heart rate or you sweat more, your hands shake before something terrible happens without you knowing it's going to happen. It's like the body has an intuitive awareness of the future. You can call it spidey sense or something like that. There are scientific studies to show that this is real, that presentiment, the body sensing what it cannot sense before it happens is, 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 is scientifically proven ability. And so what we decided to do in the Premonition Code was to present a scientifically validated training program to help people train that precognitive muscle that they've got, that spidey sense. And if you work through the book and in tandem with the website, www.thepremonitioncode.com, you'll be taken through a six-stage scientifically validated method to train your, your precognition. Now, as I said in my uh, intuition book, the methods I choose are very accessible, like analyzing your dreams, being mindful, meditation. The Prem Code, you will be going on a computer, be encouraged to draw things and to predict a computer image the scientific way. You're basically, if you are doing a study on precognition, this is how the scientists do it. So I do encourage people, it's fascinating to see how a scientist would test to see your precognitive abilities. And... The book encourages you if, you, if you fail the test, don't worry, you can train it. As I said, it's all free and free of charge because the, the actual website is a scientific study. People don't realize it. It's anonymous, of course, but when they go on, they're taking part in a scientific study to show that precognition can be developed and learned. And people who score above chance on the scientifically validated precognitive testing, they go into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and they will be kind of studied because they have clearly got abilities that are above chance in predicting a randomly generated computer image. And these are the people that Dr. Julia would like to study to see what's happening in their brains, what's going on. And we know that their remote viewing is something that happened. The CIA had remote viewers. We know that remote viewing could potentially be a very real possibility. People who are able to see into the future. So it's it's really it, it's it's a sci-fi dream. Really, it's the Minority Report, the scientific way of looking at is precognition a an ability 
that people have and can train. And if they could, my goodness, what, how exciting is that? That we could potentially see glimpses of the future and then change it for the better. As I said, you can see why it got all this media because it's very, very... <laughs> It almost should be made into a movie when it has the minority report, but it's very exciting. I wanted to push the boundaries a bit because I said I've written about psychic powers and, and, and for a long time. But where's the science, people have said to me, and the Premonition Code brings it right to your doorstep. Here is where the science is at the moment about precognitive abilities. Every single scientific study that's been done into precognition you can read about in the book. As I said, it's a dense, tough read because of that, because it's science. But it offers it offers it offers people that, that there is science. It's not all waffle. Science is actually studying consciousness and psychic abilities and intuition and precognition, all these things. We don't realize it. There are a whole load of scientists out there now actually looking at these abilities to see whether it's in within everybody. And the results are really encouraging, and that's what the Prem Code shows, the encouraging results, and how you too can get involved. And uh, you need never be bored, really. I mean, I, I, it frustrates me when people say, oh, I'm, you know, I've got my career now, my family, I'm a little bit bored. What now? Well, <laughs> go into the world of psychic development. You will never be bored. There's an endless amount to learn. And look at what these scientists are doing, neuroscientists. Um, sorry, you can sense my enthusiasm, but I just feel it's so exciting that scientists are studying what I've written about for 20 years. Yeah, it is wonderful, and it's very exciting. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions about uh, the training site on the premonitioncode.com. Yes. So if I were to go in and take it, and may maybe my score isn't all that high, um, because it is randomly computer-generated, uh, the same person can go in over and over again and yeah, you'd continue never know. to... It's impossible to predict. That's wow. what we wanted, because one of the people, you know, whenever there's scientific testing, they say, oh, there's bias, or you predict likelihood. It's absolutely impossible to predict what image is going to come up on the computer but you have to go through these six steps that dr julia has created that you know scientifically so that there's absolutely no way that there can be any accusation of fraud or cold reading or anything like that um that's what she wanted to do she wanted to i don't know if you heard of james randy the randy prize which was to test psychics whether they were and he offered a million pounds to prove that psychic powers were real. And all these psychic came forward and not one of them won it. And one of the reasons is, is that James Randi was a magician, um, a, a mentalist. He wasn't a scientist. The people who should be testing sci psychic abilities should be scientists. Because we have enough anecdotal data out there of people who have psychic abilities or afterlife visions or super superb intuitive abilities um we have a massive amount of data and my thinking in any other line of work if there was all these stories all this anecdotal evidence it would be studied as scientific data and this is exactly what's happening now with a scientist that i'm now working with another scientist i'm working with is um dr judy mossbridge in the windbridge institute where they're looking into the possibility of afterlife communication they're studying mediums who believe they have that connection scientifically as i said they're, they're not not believers but what they're saying is there's enough anecdotal evidence now there are enough startling stories of where you could just go wow for us to think let's gather these stories together let's study them 
let's put some systems in place to see if we can find out if there's anything there. And that's at the moment where science is. So cool. Now, with people going on to actually like join this and be a part mm-hmm. of the scientific study, what are you guys doing with the results and how long are you looking to capture data in order to um, show the evidence? Like, are you looking for... Well, the evidence is all on there. When you go in there, you can, you can actually see what's happening. And there are about currently over 3,500 people doing their daily training, which I think is remarkable anyway, because it's tough. I mean, I find it hard. As I said, I'm not the science in the book. I'm I'm the sort of the spiritual perspective. I'm more like, you know, intuition, tune into it in gentle ways with, with meditation, with um, listening to your emotions, uh, with analyzing your dreams. Um, that's how I work. The website is for the hardcore science, and it's tough. I have tried it, and I'm struggling to get through the... <laughs> <laughs> but I still try. It's very good. You do feel like you're going to a mental gym. Cool. It's, it's all entirely free as well. This is non not profit. It's scientific experiment. You know, these scientists, they love their work. They want to know. And it's international. People are all over the world doing it. And you can see on there how, how other you can compare yourself, your results to other people. You can go in there. All you need to do is give your email. And then you go in there and you you can do your training. You'll have you, First of all, it's a bit like going into school because you're going to get all these lectures from really top scientists in the field. I mean, it's, it's a little gold mine. I do encourage people who are interested in this to go there. But you may have to listen to the lectures several times because I said it's like going back to school. You know, you're going to be talking about time, about physics, about possibilities. And um, I, I really encourage it because it's, it's mind opening. Um, and you can also join a community of people where you can talk about your progress. And we're hoping to do this for one to two years. As I said, it's only been running a few months since the book was published. So it's early days yet. But the fact that we've got three and a half thousand people doing their daily training is we just feel so proud of that. Yeah. Well, I hope that our podcast will also help to get the word out oh, a little bit more. You. And um, yeah, I, so I just hopped on there. It's the premoniticoncode.com. Yeah, you'll and- see, Julia. It's mainly the, I mean, I'm, I'm there for the book because as I'm the author, my role in this really is because I'm known to the general reader in this field. You know, the, the general reader doesn't really know the scientists like Dr. Julia. They do now, I hope, but they would know that they're these scientists. And she's one of many out there who are studying these abilities and my role was to take her research and try and make it readable because one of the problem is this brilliant research it's out there it's revolutionary but the reason we don't hear about it it's hidden in scientific journals where there's you know oh this is interesting the scientists will say we need a follow-up study which will take several years. That's what happens in the scientific world and they keep it within their world partly because these kind of studies as well challenge every norm that we thought we had they 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 are very the studies are kind of challenging to the scientific community because they have their established way of thinking and and if you have a study that says well look precognition it is possible to see the future in the present present it might be possible this study shows that it might be because of you know the 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 people that we've been studying this happened when we wired their brains up or they were able to sense that um, a negative image was going to come on the board before it came, things like that. All these studies are out there, but we're not hearing about them because they're in scientific journals. So my role and my passion at the moment is to get this research out there. And I'm involved in several other projects now with telepathy, with afterlife communication, which are going to do the same thing. 
and show people the science that, you know, scientists are becoming so spiritual now. A lot of scientists are <laughs> spiritual scientists. It's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> for our listeners, if they, um, you know, are on their, their smartphone or they have a laptop, iPad, um, you go to the premonitioncode.com and then you're going to see a little tab that says positive precog training site. Yep, it looks it. pretty simple. You sign up, you log in and there you go. There and, you go. And then you're into a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can get lost in it. It's a twilight zone, you know, the future... I mean, I met as well with the Premonition Code um, and interviewed and, and heard about people who make their money as professional precogs that they, you know, you don't realize a lot of big companies, this again, we don't hear, they hire people who have precognitive abilities to predict the stock market, to predict trends. And it's true, or to dream. I mean, I also met professional dreamers, almost like the, going back to ancient Greece. You wouldn't believe it, and that's what the Prem Code shows. There are people who will dream for a living. You give someone a question, and then they, will, because their dream world is so vivid, they will dream the answer. Can you believe in 2019 this is what this is happening? And it is, but we don't hear about it. Right. As I said, because we got so materialistic and we've got also like we know everything. We don't know anything. <laughs> there's so much that we don't know. But there's a whole underground movement of remote viewers, precognitives, intuitives working the major companies who are advising and helping. It's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, that is. Even well, law enforcement, they will still use psychics occasionally. They don't text, you don't hear about it. They will try. You know, there's a lot of open minded people out there who will still use psychics intuitives people who are professional intuitives right and that they, they are mentioned in the book and you can read some of their stories about what they do for a living so exciting teresa i love your enthusiasm i love your passion i would definitely love um to have the three of us to all get together to maybe even do like a video Skype um interview oh, about yes. the premonition code i think it would be wonderful yeah, a nice wonderful follow-up a wonderful scientist because she's um, got a great sense of humor. Fiercely clever, though. I mean, it was the most challenging, but I mean, she's so super bright um, um, because of what she's done with her life. Um, she, I mean, she's a, she's a fascinating woman in herself, um, and uh, she's she's making waves in the scientific community uh, at the moment. She, as I said, Transcendent Mind was was a revolutionary book. If you think the American Psychological Association to publish the first book about transcendent experiences out of body experiences that's that again raised a lot of eyebrows i think that was 2016 it was published mm -hmm. uh, it's a big tome called transcendent mind um, but again it's so scientific and for the general reader to, to it's tough to get your head around that because we all have busy lives and we hoped with the i hope with the prem code my role was to try and simplify it all and I think you did it. I think you also did a great job in the 21 rituals to ignite your intuition. I think it's it's a fun book. It's Thank easy. You. I think, you know, anybody that's involved in a book club, um, you know, as a teacher myself in mental health, you know, I, I look at this as like, oh, wow, yeah, this could be a, a great thing to bring people together. And then, you know, we meet and play with our intuition, report back. So uh, you've really done a great job. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Path 11 podcast today. Well, thank you for being such a graceful host. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month, and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation, or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level. But I just put my MBT immersive experience, which was a four-day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out-of-body experiences and life-changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends. That was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today.